Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello, Going There listeners. We are here with week one of a new, what I would call mini-series. Mini-series. Welcome to it. Yes. Yes, We are so excited and welcome to our series of You Asked and We're Answering. We have spent, obviously now we've been podcasting together for what, two and a half years, Almost which three, seems yeah. like kind of insane. But over that time, we always love to hear from you all just what you are wanting to hear from us, questions you are asking. Obviously, I feel like we can't say this enough on the podcast. Obviously, we love having these conversations with you all here, but we hope that you guys are taking these conversations into your lives every day and into your communities and having them there to be more impactful and ultimately for us to all live more Christ-like. But with that said, we've collected and kind of thought through just a lot of these questions that you guys have asked. A lot of them are pretty consistent or maybe similar to one another. And so we wanted to do this little mini series where we are just answering some of those questions that you guys ask all the time. So we have six different topics. We're going to be going through those. And so we're excited to jump right in. The name of the series is basically You Asked, We're Answering. And I think it's funny because they're very random topics, but they are just things we hear, like Christian was saying, over and over, kind of being brought up. So maybe some of this stuff feels like, oh, you guys did an episode on that. For sure. Every time we do an episode, it's like, well, we can really dissect some of these topics even more. So if a topic feels familiar, we'll kind of link some of the other episodes that might be similar to what we're answering. But you guys are basically begging us to go deeper in these topics. So that's what we're trying to do. And like anything we talk about here on the podcast is we love to talk about the tension between, hey, we are called to live in this world, but not to be of this world. And so what does it look like as a Christian if we're going to say, Lord, you reign in my life, you are sovereign, you are the one I want to follow in my life, then what does it look like to then think through or act in some of these dilemmas that we have just as humans in a broken world. And so in each one of these conversations, we're kind of going to go through what is the worldly perspective of this topic? What's the biblical perspective of this topic? And then what does that actually look like acted out or played out in our lives? And so we are excited. We hope that you guys really enjoy. And again, we'd always want to hear back from you guys more things that you want to hear. Okay, jumping into this first topic, and this one is going to say when we talk about worldly perspective, it's definitely Christian worldly perspective because it's just the nature of this topic. But we're talking through how to share the gospel in a way that isn't shoving it down people's throat. We got a lot of like Bible thumping kind of terminology. And I feel like this is a really good topic for us to dive into because it's kind of been on my mind and heart in the last year more so I feel like it's kind of been put on the back burner for a lot of Christians at this age. It's like, I'm a mom, I work, I have all these things to do, and I'm supposed to go like tell people about Jesus. Like that can feel really weighty, even though it's like, well, duh, yeah, that's what you're here to do. Well, and I'm going to make a joke because you're from Arkansas. Your Southern roots come out in this way. I think our past is part of how we kind of grow into either being really comfortable sharing the gospel or not. And I think you have said a lot of things as I've known you over the years of, yeah, a lot of people have probably negative connotations to sharing the gospel because they have felt like it's been shoved down their throat or just presented in a really harsh or negative way. And so there are very like reasonable ways or reasonable reasons that you would feel uncomfortable or have anxiety or just like not be 
just like overwhelmingly excited to share the gospel with people. But we kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, the more that I talk to people about their past, grew up in more evangelical homes where evangelical churches. And that just means that they're churches that are very open about sharing the gospel. And that's their whole driving mission, which is truly, I think, the point of most churches to bring people closer to who God is and to bring others in into that with them. I've said in a lot right there, but you guys know what I'm saying. And so I think evangelicalism can get a bad reputation because people just think it's like these telepastors from Dallas, like screaming from a pulpit about heaven and hell and like where you're going to go. And I think from my perspective, we go to a church now who for sure shares the gospel in different ways that maybe aren't so forward sometimes. And I think it can be easy in our Christian walk to kind of view our church and our Bible studies and even the way that we relate with God on a daily basis more about ourselves and more about like, I go to church because like, I want to grow. I want to grow in my relationship. And there's that community aspect, but it's never like, hey, you're on a mission. There's actually scripture that talks about like, God wants to use us to spread this good news, the gospel, we'll get into some of that definition type stuff. I don't feel as much of a push anymore to go and do that, whereas it was probably pushed in a way on me in college, even in my student ministry that I was a part of, of like, a, oh, this is starting to feel icky, maybe. So I think that's where the tension is. You're either the person that can't meet a new face without being like, let me sit down and like share this bridge graphic with you. Have you ever accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior into your heart? Do you know where you're going when you die? It's like, hi, nice to meet you. And then it can be on the flip side of like, well, I love the Lord, but people have their right to believe what they want to believe. And I'm not really responsible for their faith journey. I think those are the extremes. Yeah. That's why I want to kind of like jump into a little bit, because I think the worldly Christian perspective, I would say, yes, for sure. Evangelicalism is a large part of maybe your background or what you grew up in. And so I feel like those examples are pretty blaring. I think the other worldly example is people who think, well, Christianity is only about me and my relationship with Jesus. It's very individual to me. I don't need to bring other people into that. I don't even need to like share with people that I'm a Christian. I don't need to talk about it. And who knows, like everyone's open to their own opinion. Like you can believe what you want to believe. I can believe what I want to believe. And so I think that's the easy lie that we can believe as Christians. Because I was recently, we're actually studying Psalms together right now. And we were studying Psalms 2 this last week. And it talks about just where you are planted. It's like the classic verse of a tree planted by water or a tree planted away from water. It was interesting because in our just dissection of those verses, we were talking through that like, in the Bible, it's pretty explicit. Like you are only going two ways. You are either growing like God and you are growing to become more like him as a Christian and as a Christ follower, or you are growing away from that. Your tree is dying, rotting away. It's pretty clear in both of those things because we all know that we're on a track moving forward, getting older, living while kind of dying over time. And we are going to go two directions. And so I think that's, again, the tension that we walk in as Christians of how do we share this gospel? Because I hope we all know the importance and feel the importance of that. And I think we kind of have to start at, obviously, this whole evangelicalism thought kind of comes from the Great Commission, which is in like Mark 16, 15. This is when Jesus is talking to his disciples after he is resurrected from the grave. He is now about to ascend 
to the right hand of God in heaven. And he gives them the great commission of go make witnesses of me, tell people of your time with me and grow disciples in my name of all that you've seen and done. This is Matthew 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And then he talks about like signs you will see in those people who are saved. And so that is a very clear in my, even on my Bible app that I'm reading from right now, those are the red letters in the Bible. That's Jesus speaking a direct quote from how he was commissioning his people to go out and spread this good news, which also is the definition of gospel. If you've heard that word a lot and you've never thought like, what does the gospel mean? The gospel is the sharing of good news. And so it's interesting too, when you think through We'll jump into this a little bit more, but I think that what can happen in Christianity today sometimes is this idea that it's more valuable for me to show someone my beliefs through my actions and through my lifestyle than to just preach at them. Now, hear me out and let me say that that is true. There is truth to that. That's is why we're always talking about this tension. But I think that there's also circumstances where we are called to just share what we know and be a little bit more direct with our language than like always beating around the bush. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know how much time we have in certain relationships. I'm even talking down to the fact that like you could be developing a relationship with a neighbor and think, I want over 10 years of my life to show them that I love God. And hopefully one day they're going to come knock on my door and just tell me that because of my genuine kindness over the years, they'd like to know this God that I follow or this church that I go to. They want to come with me. That doesn't always happen. Those people could move next month. Those people might not ever understand fully without you explaining to them, hey, this is what I believe and why I believe and here's where it's found in scripture. Where's your faith? What do you believe about a God or a creator? And so I think sometimes we have to be honest that we have to know what we believe to be able to share that. And we have to be bold in saying, yeah, it's really sometimes the easy way out to just like be silent and hope that they see that I'm really kind or I parent differently. That works, but then that also has to work in tandem with us sharing. Well, and this reminds me of a conversation we had, if you guys haven't listened to our conversation with Felicia a few weeks, months back now, she has a a ministry called Every Woman a Theologian. And her whole thing is, as women, especially as Christians, obviously, we have to know what we believe and why we believe it. Because obviously, you've heard Samantha and I say our whole thing a billion times, but you can't just have a relationship with Jesus and only move forward in what other people say about him, that that's only going to get you so far. And so we as people do have to know, what do I believe? And am I able to share that? I think I have been really challenged by some really awesome mentors over the years, just even as I have grown in my story and what God has done in my life that we kind of have to, it sounds cheesy, but we need to be really comfortable of sharing the gospel. Have you ever done that before? Do you even know where you would start or how you would start? There's really great resources, which we'll link. One of my favorites is this book called How to Talk About Jesus Without Being That Guy. And the guy talks about having like an elevator pitch, like in all these areas of our lives, we have kind of like a sales pitch or an elevator pitch if you're selling copiers, if you're selling a car wash, if you're selling life If someone asks you about like your job, anything, you know how to like explain You kind of have that. a two yeah. sentence, three sentence little elevator pitch for this is what I say. And so if this really is the most important thing in our life and the thing that our entire life is anchored on, then like we should also be able to share that. 
again, you may be listening to that and you may be like, wow, that is so cringy and weird. And I don't even know where I would start in that. I think that's kind of where we have to start. What does it look like to train in that way? Because I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, the reason that we maybe shy away from showing people or telling people the gospel like verbally with words, it's because we feel uncomfortable or we have a lack of training. We don't or know what we're to just say. Scared, yeah. or we've never had that experience. Literally, no one's shown it to us or told it to us. And so we're just like... I don't know. And going back to what you said, I mean, we go to a church that we talk a lot about how you reach people with the gospel and show love to them is grace and truth over time, which I for sure agree with. It's kind of a theory that comes from this study called the Gospel Centered Life. And it talks about your understanding that as you grow in your understanding of God, the cross gets bigger in your mind that your the greatness of God gets greater, but also the understanding of your sin gets deeper. So you have this like larger and larger understanding of what the cross actually does. So when Samantha says like the bridge, if you've never heard about that, it's kind of like this whole analogy and word picture for what the cross does for us as sinful people and God as a holy person that the cross actually bridged that for us. And so it's kind of like another term for thinking through that or another analogy. Well, I really just said that because there is like a million ways that people have probably been taught to share the gospel over time. And I said that because like, if you know, you totally know. And so there's the bridge, there's the ABCs of becoming a Christian, admit, believe, confess. I mean, what was the cube thing? And not in a Rubik's cube, but it was like a story cube. That was like the ABC theology. We can kind of joke and poke fun and thinking of like, oh, remember Billy Graham when he would have the crusades? And I've heard grandparents tell stories like he would travel around the country and hundreds and thousands of people would come to hear him speak. And people's lives were changed. And so sometimes we can hear those. I actually know people who had literally never heard of the gospel and gone to a crusade or gone to a church. I mean, one lady that mentored me was like sitting at the back of a church because a friend had brought her to an event and someone shared the gospel. And in that instant, she saw what her life looked like without God. And she saw her sin for the first time and she wanted to have a relationship with God. And so I think we have to like Maybe to you that sounds crazy or wonky, but like we have to understand that that's one of the ways that God does work. I mean, we actually see evidence of that in scripture in the New Testament of the times that God literally talked to a person once and they asked for healing or something. And in a minute, it says that they believed. We can't get into this new age Christianity so much of thinking like, oh my gosh, that's so outdated to just like think that a person could hear the gospel and then know God because of course they can. There have been people that you hear about in other countries that don't have access to anyone who, have you heard stories like this? They'll have like visions and they believe in God. I mean, God is so much bigger than any of these ways that we can try to like devise a plan to make it work in our efforts. It's like he is working in so many ways. So I don't think we can like hate on one way or the other. And I do think some of those tools, like if you're someone that's insecure of like, I don't know how I would like share that with someone I joke about some of those tools because I was like taught them and then I would go out and do like beach evangelism. If you've ever heard of that, where you like walk down the beaches of Florida and walk up to people on their vacations and ask them what they believe about God and then share these diagrams with them. While that does sound cringy, I do think sometimes those tools could be helpful in the context, probably more of a relationship. So that's where I think that it can be really great. It's like, hey, you meet a new mom at preschool. You don't need to maybe go out and get coffee and in that instant, pull out your notebook and be like, hey, I really want to share this diagram with you. What do you believe about God? 
But maybe you've met a new mom and you guys have gotten coffee two or three times and you've asked prompting questions about her life and what she believes. And you do feel at some point a conviction to say, like, I think God wants me to share maybe my story of why I trust in him and how I came to trust in him. And that could lead someone to God. So I think it's very nuanced. There's, yes, like you said, like maybe shame or hurt in the past from the way someone blasted you with like, you're going to go to hell. I don't know. But we can't shy away from figuring it out. Well, and I think everything we're talking about here, it reminds me of almost like a childlike faith or like practice makes perfect. We all know that the more we do something, we get better at it and we feel more comfortable doing that. And when we talk about these tools, again, I actually don't think they're bad at all. But yes, I think where maybe we have, if you've had a bad experience of receiving one of these tools from someone who did it in a pretty like curt or just awkward way, you didn't really feel the pull or the relational just like weight that it could have maybe carried. And so how are we using this with wisdom and tact? We've had a whole conversation about using wisdom and tact, but we're called to be wise and tactile people as Christians. And so we have to use wisdom and tact when sharing the gospel with people. And I think if we're really being honest with ourselves when it comes to the excuses why we don't share the gospel with people is that we're making it about ourselves when it really has nothing to do about us at all. <laughs> but I, you know, I would say I feel uncomfortable or that feels so awkward to yeah. me. You know, it's I have so a, intimate. It is. Yeah. And I have a recent story of even just this past summer was able to grow in relationship with this mom over time. And it was just kind of this one of these really sweet ordained friendships. Like it just felt really just like sweet. And it was myself and one of my good friends met this other mom at the same time. And we just grew in relationship with her. She was getting ready to leave town and move anyways. And we just felt like a strong conviction to say like, hey, we've now had about eight, nine months to grow in relationship with her. We have a lot of fun together. We care for each other's families a lot. We see each other quite a bit just within the routines of our lives. And we felt like we need to actually share the gospel explicitly. Again, there's a tension that I felt of. She for sure knows we all went to church together, attended the same like local church. And so we'd talk about what we were learning or what the sermon was that Sunday. But it was a, an experience where I was like, hey, I just want to make sure she knows that the reason we act how we act, again, not being perfect <laughs> at all, but the reason we act how we act or have the thoughts we have are because Jesus has transformed our lives. And we wanted to be really explicit with her. And so it was kind of one of those awkward nights. Literally, my friend and I sat in the car praying before. And it was kind of one of those things I was like, I'm so thankful. Like in tears in our eyes, both of us were looking at each other like, we are so thankful for this relationship. We're so thankful we have each other because we're in this together. Teamwork makes the dream work. We are in this and we can do this. And so we just asked God, like, give us the confidence and give us the words, give us the like grace to share this well. And it was such a fun night. Like it was great. And we shared it and it was not weird. And it was, and like, it sounds so dumb. It was just, we will talk a little bit more about this, but I think as Christians, we have to have attentiveness to people who are not Christians. And so that's kind of a whole other aspect of it. Like right. where are your eyes looking for people who maybe don't know Jesus yet? Cause it's really easy to get sucked up into like, this is my community. This is all I have time for. And I think we are called again to share the gospel. And so how are we looking out for others to do so? But just again, I was like, when we were brainstorming in this conversation, I was like, wow, uh, that was a really explicit example that I was like, that took eight months of me growing in grace and truth over time with this girl, but then ultimately had to come to a forefront to say, no, like, Holy Spirit, I feel really convicted to say something really explicitly to you because I do not want to leave this in-person relationship, you not understanding 
exactly what I believe and what I know is true. I have two things to say about that. And then I have some stories to share about times in my life where I've like fumbled this through poorly and then felt good about it. So first of all, I remember you guys walking through that. And I think that's why it's really important that we are open and listening to promptings from the Holy Spirit. Because I wanted to make this clear, like God doesn't need us to bring people to him, but he wants to use us to draw others into our lives. And so that's so important because that night, I don't think she was like, oh my gosh, like, yes, I want to make this decision. I want to know Jesus deeply. I want to walk with him. But we don't know. She might need to hear that truth. What do they say? Certain people, it's like you could hear it once and your life can be changed. And you might need to hear that over years and years and years as God's work softening your heart to that news. And so you could play have played a role. And if you didn't, like, I still think God would have worked in that way that he wanted to with her, but he wanted to bring you and our other friend into that. And so that was like your obedience and listening to his prompting and keeping that in mind. I think we can also get into this headspace of, oh, it's on me to save this person. And that's not truth at all. And I think if you tend to think that way about certain people in your life, you need to spend time in prayer because I've had to do that with certain people where I'm God, I just feel like I get into this headspace where I am. I think the pressure is because I think this is all on me. And that's why I'm so high stressed about sharing these words because it's all resting on my shoulders. Remind me that this has nothing to do with me. You give me the words to say to this person. You give me the confidence. And so I love that story. Well, in quick bit before you move on, just the reminder of in that exactly at that. It wasn't a conversation where she was like, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I believe and my life is transformed too. I have no clue what God is going to do with that. And I think we as Christians, again, can be really selfish in our thinking of like, one, it makes me uncomfortable, so I don't want to share it. But then two, I didn't see fruit the one time I did it, so I'm not going to do it again. And so we think that because we're not going to, yeah, because we don't see the fruit right away in someone's life, that it didn't work. And we all know that's so silly when it comes to loving other people or just serving people. We know that's not true. Like that's not how things work. That takes a long time just for people to feel the impact of those things. And yeah, again, it's ultimately like God doesn't need us. He uses his people to grow his kingdom. And what an awesome opportunity we have to come into that. But it's not up to us to do that. But we do have a role to play. And it's not an option. Like we've read in scripture, we could read more about like it's actually commanded to us too. Okay. So I wanted to share and then maybe you too, when you were just talking about maybe you haven't ever done it before. I was going to harp on that too. It seems crazy, but you need to like write out how you would share. Sometimes I think a good way to talk about the gospel, if you don't want to use one of those like super direct, like, hey, did you know Jesus died on the cross for you? Like, let me tell you what that means, is using your own story of transformation. So sharing like, hey, can I tell you like why I believe in God and like why I devote my every minute of every day to following being in communion with Jesus, let me share my story. And so if you've never done that, you can write out your testimony and that can be a way for you to like practice sharing that. And I wanted to share like three little times that I've done this like really weirdly. And then one time that I like felt good about it more recently. See, we're three to one ratio. There you go. I mean, I've, I kidding. think I've shared it more. Okay. Well, if we want to count all my beach evangelism days, let me tell you. I'm sorry yes. if you were ever in Gulf Shores, Alabama the summer of whatever and had me walk up I on have your to vacation. Ask, were you in a swimsuit? Or like, one piece. I'm glad it was a one piece with a cover up. I'm imagining like when you say beach evangelism, you're like, are you in a swimsuit? Like, hey, do you want to follow Jesus? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure if someone has come to know the Lord through a beach evangelist, it's a popular thing in the South. 
Well, These yeah, student I mean, they ministries have been go, like everywhere yeah. of like, we're going to take over this neighborhood and you're going to yes. go door to door yeah, and share I've the gospel. I mean, too. I've dropped off brochures, dropped yes. off the cube thingies, whatever I'm talking about. I'm not trying to make fun of that because I do think probably some people came to know Jesus that way. Anyways, it's also this well, issue again, of like back following to the childlike up. faith and yes. back to the like practice makes perfect of like it was good you practice. are really knowledgeable and you feel really confident sharing the gospel. And with you people. would go with one or two other people. Yeah. So it was nice to get that. That's practice. what we are not poking fun. No, because we are just it sitting actually, in the tension of like how we understand some people have bad experiences. Most people like I got to a point where I was like, wait a second. If I was on my beach vacation and I'm just laying out, these people don't know, like I'm already a believer. And a lot of times people would be like, yeah, I know Jesus. But I would be like, probably wouldn't have the most open heart to hearing that. Anyways, do you remember the movie? You know how there's the Christian production company that a lot of actually a lot of them have gotten really good over the years. They've gained a lot of financial support. I grew up on Focus on the Family movies. Yeah. Well, this was this is the brother production company that's done the big movies. So do you remember the one God's Not Dead? Yes. Okay, and there. Remember the God's fireproof not dead. one. He's, he's surely alive. alive. He's living like the outside. Like a, wow. Okay. So, I think that one had to do with like they were on the campus of like LSU. Do you remember that? There was the one about the fireproof. It was like the firefighter husband, the wife was gonna get, and then there was like the prayer one. Maybe that was yeah. the fire. I get them all. Confused. The prayer one was different. But so yes. this one was God's Not Dead. Morgan Rasmussen, our my friend who came on our podcast recently, we were in college together. We went home with her family for we were like visiting her family in Chicago. And we went to go see that movie. Um, why do I remember these details? So I'll never forget. I think her brother or her mom went with us. I don't know. So we go to the movies. We see it. And at the end of that movie, there's this prompting. It flashes on the screen text people who don't know god god's not dead exclamation point do you remember this at all not really it was like this big push and so i remember i was pumped up after it i was like god is alive wow so i literally get in the car and I was how like, many Morgan. people did you text i was like i feel really strong i need to text my atheist friend from high school outwardly atheist like we both it's a guy friend we both respected each other he knew my beliefs fully he grew up in this evangelical southern baptist like bible belt e-type world he like knew what he in all caps you text him god's, god's not, not dead, dead exclamation point and then he just like literally texted me back haha thanks samantha or something like that i'm like okay so i don't think it's wrong that i texted that but like what did i expect him to text back like oh my gosh you're right i'm an atheist I my parents believe. are atheists tell me more tell me about how god's alive you know what god could have worked that way didn't happen whatever And then I think I was like, oh, yeah, that was really weird for me to text to you. Another time I remember, though, being in high school and I was at this sleepover and it was a group of girls. I say sleepover, but it was just, you know, you'd spend the night with your friends on the weekends a lot. And because we were older, like could drive. And me and this one other girl stayed up really late and we were just talking. We got into this really deep conversation And I knew she knew about God. She wasn't raised by parents who were believers or anything. And so I think she was sharing some really hard parts of her life. And I remember being like, this is so weird. But like, do you know about the gospel and how like Jesus died on the cross for you? And I literally straight up shared the gospel with her. We like prayed. And to this day, we're friends on Facebook and she has like four kids And there are, she's a super strong believer. And not to sound weird, I think there were probably other people in her life Mm -hmm. too. Maybe that was like the last time she had had to hear it, or maybe that was just the start of her having to like soak that in more. But I remember being like, wow, that's kind of cool that in high school, I felt God's prompting to be like, share this. Okay. And then my last one, that was like a more awkward, like forward one, but it kind of like went well. Yeah. 
I remember the next morning too, like all of our other friends woke up and I remember being like, do we like tell them like, hey, like we had this talk last night. I don't know. It was so weird. Then a few months ago, I was on a flight and I had gotten separated from my husband and daughter. My son wasn't with us. And I was like sitting by this woman. I never even told you guys about this girl. We had this, she was probably in her 40s, not from the same lifestyle at all. Like she was this businesswoman. So we just struck up a conversation and she said something to me and I don't say this to my own horn. She was like, you just have such a charisma about you. Like you're really easy to talk to for a woman. You're. She was just like kind of, she saw this joy in my life and I was telling her about some hard stuff and she saw my daughter, you know, adopted and I was just sharing my story and I was like, thank you so much. And I just said that. Well, I got up and I went to the bathroom and I was like, I shouldn't have said just thank you. Like, that's such an easy opportunity. So I came back and I was like, hey, I said thank you, but I I really feel the need to tell you, like, that's not from me. Like, that's joy because I believe in something like greater than myself. Like, I have hope in something so much more than just like me being a good person or me living a fulfilled life. And I was like, what's your background with faith? And she ended up sharing with me. She had grown up. She like definitely knew about God, the gospel, all of that. She wasn't necessarily living that out in her life now. But I remember being like, wow, I almost missed an opportunity. That's so easy to be like, yeah, thank you. Like, If it was up to me, I would be probably miserable and I really struggle with control. And that's an easy way to go into this is what God's done for my life. So that's just a long roundabout way of sharing. There's so many different ways that you can go about it. But having an idea in your mind, of this is how I would share my story. It can seem more natural to bring that up. Well, I think all those examples are really good, though, because I think we all want kind of a black and white like this is how to share the gospel in not a weird way this is how to make the gospel tasteful. And I think right there in all of our examples, we just talked about so many different ambiguous things that can kind of come into play in a relationship or the dynamic of a relationship or a situation. And so when we say, you know, it takes time and it's going to grow over time. Well, you didn't have time with that lady on the airplane. You actually just got prompted with a really awesome opportunity to say like, hey, insert this You could actually be not saying thank you and pointing it towards yourself, but you could actually point it to the one that you believe has done all this work in your life and you were able to use that opportunity. It's low risk too, because I'm like, I'm never going to see this lady again. She's going to get off and go to her connection. I'm going to go to mine and like, this is my opportunity. And I don't want to walk away and feel no in my heart that like God was prompting me to share that and I chose to be disobedient. Or where like in my most recent example, like I had a lot of time or I mean, eight months of time to work, you know, and build a relationship with this person that was built on a lot of trust, a lot of fun, a lot of connection. And then we were able to have that conversation and we're still able to talk now or like we talk about those ones like beach evangelism, short little areas, but it also probably grew you and your faith and understanding of this is what I believe to be true. And so I think that's what's interesting about this is we want it to be black and white. It's definitely not black and white. And I think even going over our few examples, when I was thinking through this, I'm like, when have I seen this been just done really well. Again, I think the word tasteful is helpful to me because when you think of something being tasteful, like that lady on the airplane said, like, there's something different about you. You just like have a charisma about you of like, we as Christians want to make the gospel something that is attractive, that makes it seem really exciting that because it is exciting. We're not selling something like falsely, but I think a lot of people because of just maybe again, mistakes in other areas of evangelism. I think Christianity is just a bunch of rules that you have to follow. That would be like a whole other topic we could go into. But I think what's so cool is like I grew up in this household where I think a lot of times when we talk about the gospel, we think 
the path has to be like perfectly paved for me to share the gospel in this way. The person needs to be in this posture. I need to be in this posture. The set needs to be set like this. The scene needs to look like this. I think we kind of make up this like dream of like, this is how it would go off well. And I remember now looking back just at my childhood or even just honestly how my parents conduct themselves that I think in the Bible, you see Jesus take the most like unseen or the most unexpected people, you know, a prostitute at a well. He takes this woman and he's like, hey, I'm going to love you. Where most of us would say like, no, I'm not going to go up to the prostitute at the well. That would be really, that's not the ambiance. That's not the scene I was going to want to set. But Jesus actually shows us a really different example. And so I'm really thankful that I grew up with parents in a home that they said like, we're going to love on people who come into our home. We're going to love on people who just randomly, you know, our mailman who we see every day, we're going to invite him to dinner. And when he says, thank you so much for having me, we're going to be able to point the glory back to God in a saying like, yeah, thank you for coming into our beautiful home. We're able to do this because, or, oh yeah, we're like so thankful, you know, you should join us at our VBS camp or your kids should join us at our VBS camp next week. And so I think a lot of times, again, we just miss these small opportunities because we have an expectation of what it's supposed to look like. When in the Bible, we see Jesus really doing it in like a lot of absurd ways. I think we would kind of describe them as such. And so I hope that is encouragement to us as again, we kind of navigate the tension of what this could feel like is that it's never really going to be perfect, but we also have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to feel these promptings to know what we're going to say. And that takes some like tangible effort too. Yeah, I think that we've talked about this as friends where I have certain seasons where I don't feel like I have as many people around me. That's laughable now because if you look up, it's like the checkout lady, the mailbox. But I'm talking about people that I feel like I have close access to develop these types of relationships. So I was going to mention too, like if you don't feel like you have that either, you can pray to God that God would bring people alongside you that maybe don't know him and that you could shine his light to and maybe that they could see something different. And then like the last thing I wanted to say as we start to wrap this up is that I just have been so heavy hearted lately with feeling like I don't know if this is actually what's happening or if this is just how God is like opening my heart right now or I'm just seeing things this way. But I feel like we are in a time in life that people are like the loneliest they've ever been. I just feel like women who I know in my life who have all the friends around them, all the community, they're involved in church. I mean, I was sitting in with my small group girls who were all like walking closely with God. And every one of us was able on Monday night during small group to share that we're all really lonely in certain ways right now. I don't know if it's just this age we're in, just the way life is, like the brokenness of the world. We're carrying a lot of weight for a lot of things. And I think that that's an opportunity for us to look at women who maybe you're intimidated. Maybe you feel like you have nothing in common. Maybe it's the moms at school that you're like, I'm the weird mom because they know I like go to church and like I don't drink the way that they do on the weekends. Or maybe you feel separated, but I think we have to remember we're all human and we are in a, a time period in life that I think people are really lonely. I think we're still kind of coming out of this COVID world where people are making all these life changes. And I think people are open maybe to trying something new because maybe they're unhappy, maybe they're vulnerable, lonely, whatever it is. I'm not saying like prey upon people who are going through things, but Pray for eyes to see people that are hurting. And that is a more natural way that you could share God to them because he has something that they need. And when you're able to help offer that to them, that could literally change their life. 
And again, in our Christian walk, it's not a woe is them type of posture that we have. But again, as we grow in our understanding of Christ, we can recognize how broken and needy we are as people. And so I think it's awesome to hear that even as your close friend of just like, I want all of the people who really impact and influence my life daily to be have soft hearts, to be growing in the likeness of Christ. And I think when we see people who are lonely or hurting or don't have the hope of Jesus, as Christians, that should break our hearts. We have a role to play in that, not in a demanding kind of like a challenge, like, hey, we have a role to play, do your part. But we really do have a role to play that God has called us into this great commission that he has said, hey, I've equipped you because I am in you and you are with me. Again, we're not doing this alone. We're not doing it apart from him. We're doing this with him and we're doing this only by him. And that hopefully brings us tons of comfort. And so we're excited. We hope that this conversation was encouraging to you. It's encouraging to me, even as we practice some of these tactile things of like, hey, do I actually know what I would say? And how would I say that? How would I frame it out? Or just am I asking for God to open my eyes for opportunities to do that? So we hope that you guys were encouraged today uh, in those things. I have a challenge as we close out. Maybe we can do this on each episode. I'm not going to think of it beforehand, but if something comes to mind, if you've never written out your story or why you even start with the question, why do I follow God? Like, why do I devote my life to this? Write it out. If you want to go crazy and practice, you could voice memo DM us, like practicing it. Yes. We will not think it's weird. We will not think it's crazy. I will be so excited. Yeah. If you want to practice sharing, you could just be like role play, like 10 that you're talking to a girl you're getting coffee with and just voice memo DM us practicing sharing your story if you don't have anyone IRL to do that with. We can be that for you. We will not judge. We will not think well, it's weird. think about how our world could change if we all lived in, this is what I believe and this is why I believed yeah. it. Like we could answer those two questions. Challenge to you today. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.